nervous? <laughs> no. Where's your answer? Dennis Beckham, let the ball out! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Oh! oh no! Oh yes! He missed it! Hey y'all, this is Devin. Welcome to the Suffering From Joy podcast, where the only thing more harrowing than your team being behind is when they're ahead. Today is August 26th, and we're going to do a quick transfer roundup for Arsenal Football Club with about a week to go in the window. The transfer window will close at 11 p.m. UK time, that's 5 p.m. Central time, 6 p.m. Eastern. On Thursday, September 1st, it's normally August 31st. However, this year, due to the Winter World Cup, they smashed a bunch of games in a midweek window right around then, and so we have to all deal with the consequences of that, and they gave the teams an extra day to deal with it. On to the good stuff. So what do we actually know and how do we know it about transfers? I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say some people have an idea about this, but generally we don't. It's some random people on Twitter, some more trustworthy than the others, talking about what we know, what we're guessing. Some of them are just making things up for clicks. So there are some more reputable sources that I tried to source all this information from. Some folks like David Ornstein, Fabrizio Romano that have shown year after year, they know what they're talking about. They have some sources inside the club or somewhere nearby that might actually show they know what they're talking about. It's not as much as I love the AFC chinchilla, just making stuff up. So moving forward, just know we're suffering through silly season, as it's called, without actually knowing any real information. It's all kind of guesswork from here. A couple broad points before we get rolling into names and figures and all sorts of stuff here. Uh, The UK has reported 18.6% inflation over the past year. So basically anything you're thinking of numbers-wise, knock 20% off of it. And that's kind of how your brain would have registered it in prior summers. So if you see, say, 50 million for player X, it's really more like 40 million. It's 40.7 if you want the real math. But it's essentially a 20% discount off of what you would historically think of a player's value. I know for me, this helps with my copium when we're buying players and I see some figures that I would think are crazy, but it's also important to think about some of the people we've let go. We're essentially taking that 20% hit on our end too. So lower numbers are even lower than, uh, than they initially sounded. Another important consideration when you're looking at our spending is we've historically handed out some very insanely large contracts to people that they didn't necessarily deserve or aren't earning right now. Uh, as we sit today, we've taken over a million pounds a week off of our wage bill. So that's something to factor in. So you may see a big $20 million upfront figure, but we're not paying the guy anywhere near as much in wages. So it actually ends up being a little bit of a standoff or some kind of net savings there. I wanted to address too, there was a little bit of an issue reported that we were on some sort of watch list for financial fair play. And when I say we, I mean Arsenal, because I'm totally tied in with the club. Financial fair play was introduced in order to sort of level the playing field of super money clubs that are basically run by nation states. Uh, There's some varying degrees on whether you think it works or not, but we were on or reported as on some sort of watch list there. That's all been cleared up. That was a story for about 24 hours, but Mikel said there's no issue there. The club said there's no issue there. UEFA and FIFA have said there's no issue there. So I'm going to consider it something not to be concerned about right now. On to the juicy stuff. I'm going to consider everybody up to date roughly with where we are in the transfer window right now because I think I looked on the actual list and we've had about 20 pieces of business already completed and I'm not going to go ahead and review them all in the interest of time. Both Mikel and Adu have said repeatedly that outgoings are our priority right now, so I'm going to start there. There's three big ones to go over right now. Our first big one is Nicolas Pepe has completed his move to Nice unless there's some last minute weird thing with his medical that I haven't seen as of this recording. The deal's been confirmed by Nice's president. He gets to go play with Aaron Ramsey, which we're all jealous of. 
Pepe has two years left on his deal. This is a one-year, what they've been calling a dry loan, which means there's no obligation or option to buy. So he's going to get some playing time. They're going to take on most of his wages. He's taken a little bit of a pay cut. There's no real hard evidence about what we're actually still paying on his salary, but he's on pretty substantial money, so I imagine it's some, but not a ton. Moving on to the swaggeriest penalty taker of all time, Ainsley Maitland-Niles. It looks like there are a few Premier League clubs in for him. Ainsley has one year with a club option for another year on his deal, so essentially we can consider that two years for the purpose of selling him. It looks like right now the leader is Southampton wanting to take him on a one-year deal with an option to buy. We'd obviously like an obligation just to make sure everything's done and dusted, but that looks like our best option right now. I've seen West Ham and a few other clubs linked there to me. Southampton's the one that fits Beth best for both parties, so we'll go from there and see what we can get done. Finally, we're going to talk a little bit about Hector Bellerin, somebody that everybody at the club has loved always, and it's kind of weird to see him being the problem child at the moment, but that's the role he's taken now that Lucas Torreira's out the door. We've had multiple clubs offer us a fee for him, not a ton of money, but it's better than nothing. Udinese, I think, came in at about 6 million euros. I haven't seen a ton of other figures, but that's the one I'll, I'll kind of go off of as our base here. Hector, on the other hand, has his heart set on Real Betis. He's hoping we'll just cancel his contract like we've done for several other players, not necessarily as deserving as he is, so we can kind of see where he's coming from there. There's been a little bit of a rumor about Barcelona offering us a fee if they can move on Serginho Dest, and that's where Hector grew up in La Masia before we took him on, similar to kind of Sesk. I think he'd be open to that move. His camp has said they're expecting him to have his contract canceled in the last 72 hours of the window so he can go to Betis, so we're not going to know anything on this probably up until almost the end of the deadline, so we'll wait and see on this one. The only other one I really wanted to bring up, and it's pretty remote, that's why I didn't include it in my initial three, is there have been some talks about Rob Holding maybe going to a Premier League club that's had some defensive issues. Aston Villa had an injury at the back and maybe looking at him as an option. I don't see us selling Rob for a variety of reasons, but if somebody comes in with kind of a ludicrous offer or something over the top, a deal we can't say no to, it wouldn't shock me if we sell him off. All right, well, that's it for outgoings. Now we've had our vegetables, we can eat our dessert and talk about incomings, the exciting stuff. There's kind of what we'll call two and a half things we need here. The big one would be a right winger, probably just behind that, at least as long as Xhaka keeps playing well, is somebody in kind of that Xhaka backup left eight role. And finally, I think we'd like to add some depth that left center back. We'll talk about that a little bit more in depth about why that is. But we'll jump off here with the easy one, center mid, left eight, whatever you want to call it. We've been linked with Yuri Tielemans since May. It sounded like everything was done. We just needed to pull the trigger. It's gotten a little complicated here at the end. I don't think we were ever in any rush to do this deal, and we're waiting on Lester to fold their hand and basically let us have him for practically nothing. Lester's in some pretty dire financial straits, so I think we're playing this correctly, although there's some stuff that's come out that you could take as them as in a bit of a desperate death knell kind of scream asking for a ton of money, or possibly them actually changing their mind and not really wanting to sell him. I don't think that's the case. He's got a year left on his deal. Either they get something now or they'll get even less in January or he just walks. He's not signing a new contract. He's made that pretty clear. Most of the summer, we've kind of been haggling between 20 and 30 million pounds. It sounds like recently they've asked for 40 million, which would be a huge record. The most essential midfielders ever gone for with one year left on their contract was 28 million. And that's Eduardo Camavinga, who was 19 and a kind of once in a generation player going over to Real Madrid. I don't see us paying one and a half times that just to get a 26-year-old with a lot of miles on his legs, Yuri Tielemans. The other stumbling block I've seen is some camps want to say that he's asking for 200,000 pounds a week, which there's no way in hell we're going to give him. 
I don't know if that's just a rumor to, to sow discord or something like that, but that's there in the world for good or for bad. I think Adu is going to play hardball with them, and that's what he should do. At worst, I think we can take him on a free next year, and maybe we'll give him a bump in wages, but I can't see us paying both a giant fee and giving him a huge wage like that. Not a ton of other rumors in central midfield. We were looking at Lucas Pocketa a few months ago. He's just signed for West Ham. It's not officially official, but it looks like it's a done deal. It's a shame. I really like the player. He's a little more of a central focus than somebody we're looking at for that left eight, kind of how Xhaka's playing it. The only other substantive link I've really seen is a gent named Matt O'Reilly, who's a 21-year-old midfielder from Celtic. We got Kieran Tierney from Celtic, so I like the pathway that he's treading there. But apparently we've been following this guy since 2016. Who knows? I don't know a lot about him. I don't watch a lot of Celtic, but maybe we can get somebody who can uh, tell us something if that gets a little more concrete. I think to me, the most exciting thing to talk about is a mystery winger we've been talking about signing kind of all summer. Initially, there was a little bit of a thought that we were going to bring Gabriel Jesus in as a winger type forward, maybe as a backup striker, and then we'd sign another striker. I think it's pretty clear that's not part of the plan at this point. It seems like the club's priority is and should be a winger, give Saka some rest, rotate in with Martinelli, rotate in with Jesus. Even God had to rest on the seventh day, so we all need a break. He's still going to see plenty of game time, but it's pretty clear we like to have options. I know we're keeping Marquinhos around, mostly to get him used to England, get his feet wet. I'm sure he'll play in a few cup games. I'm sure he'll play in the Europa League. Those things aside, though, what we're really looking for is someone who can play some Premier League minutes with the giant fixture stack we have and give Saka a rest because he really needs it. He's going to play a ton for England at the World Cup. He's going to get kicked left and right every game. They're not going to call anything. It's going to keep happening. So we need to be prepared for him to not play 38 Premier League games like he did last year. The most exciting name for me is Pedro Neto, who I've always liked at Wolves. This one, we're not in as good of a bargaining position as some of the other players we've been going after. He just signed a new deal earlier this year, so he's tied down for a long time. We've already had a £35 million offer rejected. Wolves value him a little closer at 50. I think we can probably get to 45. Maybe we pull the trigger on 50 at the end of the day. We'll see. Regardless, I think this one's coming down to the wire, and hopefully we can get that deal done because I think he's the best Premier League-ready, let's-go fit we already have. Probably our next best option is a guy named Jeremy Pino, who's 19, so he's a little raw, plays at Villarreal for Unai Emery, so take that at face value. Might be a good thing, might be a bad thing. He's shown promise. He looks like he's a good player, but he seems like he might be a bit of a project. And I think depending on how we rate Reese Nelson, who's just back in training, coming off an injury, whether we view him as good enough as a backup for a Premier League option, I don't know. It'll depend on the, the internal workings there. But that'll be a big factor in how we rate these players and who we're going to go try and buy. There were some rumors earlier in the window that have cooled a lot about Cody Gakpo, who's kind of a raw winger from PSV, who's actually in our Europa League group. I don't think that'll affect their willingness to sell him to us at all, but it's worth mentioning. We were looking at him a lot more in kind of the 25 million range. I think lately I've seen 40, 45, 50. That's way too much for that player. If somebody like Manchester United wants to pay that for him, fine. But I think we're looking for a little bit more value here, and I don't think we're finding it with with that spend on that player, and I think Adu knows that. So like I said, this one's cooled, and I think it's pretty much dead unless PSV offers us a really cut-rate price towards the end of the deadline, which they very are unlikely to do. Uh, I'll put a couple wild cards in here at the end. We've been linked with uh, 29-year-old Wilfred Zaha, who everybody loves at Crystal Palace. I could see him going somewhere. We're not going to buy him. He's on a huge wage. He's 29. That's way outside of the profile we've been buying. Not to say I wouldn't love to have Zaha at the club. I just don't see that happening. He's 5'9", like most of our new signings, and he's not sort of in that little age budget bracket we've been talking a little bit about where we'll pay a little more for a younger player, but at 29, we're not going to give Crystal Palace any amount of money they'd actually want to take for him. 
Last guy I want to mention is a winger from Shakhtar Donetsk called Mikhailo Mudrik. I'm probably not saying that in the correct Russian, but uh, most people have been calling him that Ukrainian guy, so I'm getting a little closer than that. Their season was obviously canceled due to the ongoing conflict there. We've got the Ukrainian connection with Zinchenko, so I think if we want him, the money's there, and that's right. But he's, again, kind of a project guy, so this might depend a little bit on how we value Reese Nelson at the moment. He may be, like I said, their season was canceled a little out of form. So these are all concerns, but I think even on these project guys, the big thing they've had is if we're not going to get the right deal, we're not going to do anything. We're not going to kind of half-ass it. We're not going to buy a player just to buy a player. We live by the Ron Swanson adage, don't half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. So those are the wingers on to left center back. And Mikel specifically wants a left-footed left center back. There's a good reason for this. That way you can open your body and pass the ball wide a lot more naturally than trying to use your inside foot to do it. It's a lot easier to give the ball away. And with how much we pass out of the back, how many high-pressure passes we make. This has always been a thing Mikel and Pep Bordiola have both favored. Obviously, we're not looking for a starter here. We have three very good center backs. Uh, we actually have Tomiyasu, too, who's pretty two-footed, and it's probably the backup there right now, depending on how we'd want to play it. Kieran Tierney is left-footed and plays center back for Scotland, but they, they play in a three, so it's a little bit of a different position. He's also kind of a free wild card, do-whatever-you-want Kieran there. So I think anybody we'd bring in here is probably a random Portuguese or Brazilian guy Adu heard of that we've never seen before that slots in as a depth piece and kind of learns on the go. Anyway, that's it for incomings and outgoings. As of right now, we'll do some more content a little closer to the transfer deadline. In the meantime, subscribe to our channel on YouTube. We should have this up on Apple Podcasts by the time the next transfer podcast drops or any other podcast service. And once again, I'm Devin, and thanks for suffering with me. Here for Austin Stroud. It's Diego for goodness! He has written his name into Austin folklore. They just won't go away. Oh, it's the upright again! It's impossible! The Bears' season's going to end on a double doink. Altidore squares it. Dempsey's missed it. Donovan has it. From hope, there is glory.